Welcome to Musing the Mysteries, a podcast by Barney Wiggett. What you'll find here are some recent musings about the God of the Bible and living in such a way as to bring him pleasure. Happy musing. Welcome to a brief and kind of terse attempt to help you to get more out of your Bible. I call this how to get more out of your Bible because um, I think we all want to get more out of the Word of God and not rely on other people and books to tell us what God is saying in His Word, but for us to study it on our own and uh, become miners of the great riches of, of God's Word uh, for ourselves. And um, uh, the inductive Bible study method is, uh, has been used for years and years. Uh, three steps have been proposed. Um, I'm going to use different words. The traditional words for inductive Bible study method are, first, observation. What does the Bible say? Uh, second, interpretation. What does it mean? How do I interpret it? And uh, thirdly, application. Uh, you know, what do I do with it? What, how is it? I'm going to put it into my life. I like the words, and primarily because they all start with the right, the, the same letter, the right letter, not the right letter, but the same letter, and that's investigation, interpretation, integration. I like the word investigation uh, better than observation because it's more intense, it's more intentional, it's more proactive. We're investigating uh, the Word of God and digging into it and. Interpretation stayed the same, but uh, then instead of application, I call it integration uh, because I, I like that word. It, it, we are trying to integrate the Word of God into our lives, apply it, integrate it into our daily lives. Um, so let me give you just some bullet point thoughts on, the, on this topic, and hopefully uh, this short little teaching will help you, uh, give you an outline for being a better Bible student, and... Uh, then if you want to come and see me and uh, I could recommend some other books or we can talk more about any of these topics, but I encourage you to be a better miner of God's Word and uh, integrating it into your life. Okay, so the first step is investigation. What does the Bible say? And uh, uh, the first point I would make is, uh, first of all, you in order to find out what the Bible even just says, before you read God's Word, I want to encourage you to pray. Uh, pray. And, and the reason I think you should pray, and, and that is pray in such a way that you're asking the Holy Spirit to reveal the truth to you. Because, I mean, we're going to look at a little Bible study method here, but that is not to imply that <clears throat> the Scripture, the Holy Word of God, the eternal Word of God, can be uh, assimilated primarily by intellectual pursuit. It's 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 a supernatural book and it's supernaturally revealed so you want to go to the author this is maybe uh, obvious to you but I want to encourage you to pray that every time you read God's Word that you just take a moment you pray and ask him to Holy Spirit reveal the truth to me today that I need and uh, in John 14 26 uh, Jesus said but the counselor the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name 
He will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. So always pray because the Holy Spirit wants to reveal, wants to teach you stuff uh, that the Father has revealed. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, verse 12, uh, Paul said, We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that is the Holy Spirit, in order that we may understand what God has freely given to us. And so, um, pray that the Holy Spirit will show you stuff. And then, um, I'd say, secondly, ask the questions. Under investigation, ask the questions. And again, if you're an investigator or maybe like a reporter, you're investigating a story as a reporter, and they teach you in journalism to ask the questions. And what are the questions? Who, what, where, when, why, and how. Ask those questions. As you're reading through Scripture, um, begin to ask those questions. Who is speaking? Who is being addressed? What is being said? What is the original reader getting out of this? Where is the writer? Where is the reader? How does that relate to me? Uh, when was this said in the context of biblical history? Um, um, why did the author need to say these things? And why did the, uh, the reader need to hear these things? How are they supposed to go about these things? So ask the questions. Very, very important. Thirdly, I'd say identify the context. Context is so huge in Scripture. And I was thinking about uh, the way to illustrate this might be, you know how you do MapQuest? You're trying to find a, uh, a place, and so you type in the location, and, uh, so, and MapQuest then gives you a map. And, of course, you can zoom in or zoom out according to your needs. And if you zoom all the way out, I don't know how far you can get out on MapQuest. Probably... I don't know, maybe the state of California, for instance. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, you can, you can get uh, satellite pictures now these days, and I don't know if MapQuest will go that far out. But let's say all the way out is, is satellite, and then you move in, and I would call it maybe the, uh, you, know, uh, you know, the commercial airline view, you know, from, I don't know, 5,000 feet up. And then maybe the helicopter view, you, you move in further, and and then further and further and further in the context larger to smaller um, like I, I, I could illustrate it this way I live at 211 South Navarra Drive in Scotts Valley the bigger context is I live in Santa Cruz County bigger context than that is I live in Northern California bigger context California bigger context uh, Western United States, bigger United States, uh, bigger North America, then Northern Hemisphere, and of course, you know, planet Earth uh, in our solar system. And I say that because we need to get the context in terms of larger and smaller in what you're studying in God's Word. So if you come across a verse, don't just take it out of its context. Read the verses before and 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 beyond, and uh, keep it keep it in mind what part of the book it's in, what book it's in, what testament it's in, what, and that it's in God's Word. So smaller and larger uh, context. Great story to illustrate this. I, I heard one time uh, a farmer was in an accident and he was uh, suing for his medical bills and so he's in court and the insurance company lawyer said, uh, has him on the stand and he said, 
didn't you say right after the accident that you felt fine uh, trying to trip him up and so he doesn't have to pay, you know, the, uh, the, the claim? And the farmer says, well, me and my cow, Bessie, were going down the road in my pickup. And the lawyer inter- interrupts and says, your honor, he's not answering my question. And so the judge tells him get to get to the point. And, and the farmer goes, well, me and my cow, Bessie, were going down the road in my pickup. And, and he interrupts him again and says, your honor. And finally the judge just says, you know, let him tell his story. So he goes, tell your story, sir. And he goes, well, me and my cow, Bessie, were going down the road in my pickup. And we crossed the center divider and were hit by a flatbed truck. And we were both thrown out of our truck. Pretty soon a policeman came over and went over to my cow first and said, she's so badly injured she won't survive. And so he took out his pistol and he shot her in the head. Then he came over to me and asked, well, how are you? See, context is everything, do you understand? So have the context in mind as you're studying scripture. Number four, I'd say observe the obvious when you're doing investigation. don't try to be, you know, like, uh, you know, so specific and so technical at first. Just look, observe the obvious. What is obviously being said here? Because I don't think God is trying to confuse us. I think he, he, he makes a few things at least obvious to us. And then there's a lot of mystery in Scripture and, and a lot of stuff we'll never completely understand. But, but start with what's obvious to you when you're studying the Word. It's kind of like putting a jigsaw puzzle together. Where do you start? You, I don't know about you, but I start at the four corners. I find the corner pieces. Why? Because they're the most obvious. And then I try to find all the, the edges, all the straight pieces. Why? Because they're the second most obvious. And uh, it kind of provides a framework to do the rest from there. So observe the obvious. Uh, number five, I'd say, in doing investigation is... Find repeated or key words in the passage, whether it's a paragraph or a chapter or a book that you're studying, uh, and mark them. I, I hope you'll mark in your Bible because it's the only way really to kind of interact with it. And I don't know about the only way, but it's a way, and to remember it later what you what you uh, what you studied and what the Holy Spirit showed you. I mark and underline and circle and write things in my Bible all the time, but. Look for repeated or key words, and and frankly, it's it's pretty obvious. But the more repeated something is, uh, more of a clue that you're uh, onto the mind of the author and what he's trying to say. It's a theme, right? If he keeps repeating himself, it's kind of a theme. But when when I say you know repeated words or key words, don't overlook the little words. Sometimes the little words can can be key words like therefore or because or so that. So don't, uh, don't overlook the little words because they might be keys in interpreting the scripture there. So as you're investigating, look for repeated and key words. And uh, then I, 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 lastly under investigation, I'd say look for the main theme of the book or the main theme of that section. Sometimes it's really great in books of the Bible where the author actually says, okay, this is what I'm trying to say to you. And he does that in several cases, like in John, uh, the Gospel of John 21, 31. He says, I've written these things because. And, and in fact, he says the same thing in 1 John, the, the epistle of 1 John, 
Three different times he says, I've written because, and he gives you three different reasons why he's written those, uh, that, uh, those chapters of that letter, First uh, John. And, but look for that theme, and you might not say it as obviously as I've written because, but see if you can't find the key or main passage, the thematic passage in the book, like Romans uh, 1, 16 through uh, 17 is the, are obviously the key verses in that book, and everything else in the book is kind of the, the unfolding or the unpacking of the message of those verses. Uh, where he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. To the Jew first and also to the Greek, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it's written, the just shall live by faith. So those are the key verses of Romans. And you, when you read Romans, it kind of just shows up and you go, wow, those verses really tell us what he's trying to tell us in the rest of the book. So look for the main theme. Okay. I mean, there are so many more things that we could talk about, but let's move on to interpretation. And uh, what does the Bible mean? Okay, so we've investigated what is it saying, but we haven't interpreted yet. We, we've only now turning, we're only now turning to interpretation. And before I forget, um, there are plenty of great books on Bible interpretation, and I could recommend some to you. Um, I've written a short paper on it myself called principles of Bible interpretation. So usually in the uh, in the office or rather in the lobby of the church, you can find one of those and just pick it up and read through it. It'll probably take you a couple hour or two. If you do the exercises in there, maybe three, uh, three hours max. Um, principles of Bible interpretation. Okay, so just some steps here of interpretation. Uh, so in that in that book, by the way, you'll there are, you know eight or ten, four, twelve chapters that will give you a bunch more uh, 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 detail about this. But let me just share a few things with you right now. First of all, uh, pray. <laughs> just like I said, in terms of investigation, pray before you read God's word. Just as you're investigating it, pray, and now pray, um, and as part of your prayer, that you'll interpret the word of God correctly. Rightly dividing the word of truth, as Paul says to Timothy, rightly dividing it and uh, uh, understanding its its context and its meaning now to uh, 21st century Christians. What does it mean? Pray. Remember, as we said in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, verse verse 14, that uh, um, that the Holy Spirit is revealing the Scripture to us. And uh, he's, he's the interpreter of God's word. And he'll show you his, his word and, and help you to interpret it. Um, secondly, I'm going to say it again about context. That context rules. Uh, in other words, as you interpret scripture, you've got to keep in mind that it is scripture that, contra- that com- uh, compared with scripture that's going to help you to interpret scripture. Um, it's got to be consistent with its context. And uh, so a lot of misinterpretation of the Bible comes as a result of people taking verses out of context, out of their original context. So um, A.W. Tozer said this, that truth is like a bird. It has two wings. It won't fly with one. It has to have two. And so each truth seems to have a uh, kind of a counterpart to it. And as you uh, uh, read through the uh, entire scripture and get the larger context of the word of God and and the thing that you're studying currently, 
Uh, it will be like comparing scripture with scripture, another wing of the bird to uh, help you to interpret the wing that you're actually looking at right now. Uh, somebody also said it's like a river. The, tr the word of God and the truth is like a river. It's got two banks. The best rivers do. And if you don't have two banks, uh, clearly defined banks, then you don't have a flow. You have a flood. And and so when you're interpreting the scripture, keep in mind these, you know, kind of opposing, almost not contradicting, but uh, comparative uh, sides of truth. Um, and so keep in mind the context. God will not contradict himself as you are studying scripture. He doesn't contradict himself. The, the Bible is this incredible book that just dovetails its message together and it won't contradict itself. I guess another way to say this is, uh, is that keep in mind the whole counsel of God. That everything that God says as you're interpreting scripture and... Uh, uh, and so, because you're, you're going to know that God isn't going to contradict himself. In uh, Paul's great message to the Ephesian elders uh, at Miletus, he teaches them some incredible things about spiritual leadership. In fact, you should read that whole uh, section to get the whole context of uh, Acts chapter 20, verses 13 through the rest of the chapter. But in verse 27 of that chapter... He says to them, uh, For I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God, or the whole counsel of God, I think as King James says. God won't contradict himself. Okay? So uh, there are many other uh, ways to... You have to run uh, the scripture through a, a grid of history, keeping in mind it was the Bible was written thousands of years ago. It certainly is because it's God's word, pertinent and relevant to our day today, but you have to keep in mind their historical context to, to be able to interpret it. You have to keep in mind there's a language, a bit of a language barrier, the Bible being written in Hebrew and Greek primarily and translated into English. That doesn't compromise its message. It just keep, We just have to keep that in mind as we're uh, trying to uh, discover the true meaning of Scripture and... Uh, uh, many, many other uh, contexts that we would have to think about in terms of interpreting the scripture. I encourage you to do some other research. Either start with my little pamphlet on it and then maybe move on to some other books on uh, Bible interpretation. Then the third uh, aspect of inductive Bible study, after investigating and then interpreting, now we want to integrate its integration of the Word of God into our lives. We integrate it. And I love that word because, as a matter of fact, integration and integrity uh, come from the same root. Because integrity is when you integrate the truth into your life and you live it, you actually do it. A person of integrity isn't a person that just knows a bunch of Bible verses. Uh, that might be a person of great intellect. But a person of integrity is a person that's taken those Bible verses and applied them uh, to their lives and uh, uh, brought to bear the teaching of Scripture in the way that they live their daily life. Um, I don't know if you've heard me say before, but uh, it's, uh, you know, you, you, so there's this uh, exercise class that you can, it, it, it used to be called jazzercise, I don't know what they call it today, but an exercise class and they listen to music and, and they do this at the gym, you know, and 
Um, so I said one time, well, I don't really want to sign up for the class. It's just a hassle to get down there and you have to be with all these other people and, and do all these moves in front of them. So I'm just going to get the tape. I'm just going to get the recording of the music and of the person saying, you know, now we do this and now we do that. And I'm just going to kind of audit the class. And I'm going to take the, the, the recording home and play it in the car. And I'm going to play it at home when I'm going to bed and in the office while I'm doing my emailing. And obviously I'm not going to get in much shape that way, am I? You have to actually do it. You can't just hear the word. In fact, James is real clear about that, isn't he? Where he talks about hearing the word, but yet being doers of the word. Being not only interpreters only, but doers of the word. Uh, in fact, somebody also talked about the Word of God, the Bible, being like a menu. And, and as a menu in a, in a restaurant, you want to do more than just read the menu. Um, because there's a lot of spiritually malnourished Christians because all they do is just study the menu but never eat the meal. And uh, somebody talked about uh, studying the menu with great precision. And they can tell you every detail about the menu when it was first written, how it's changed over the years, and how each dish is prepared, but how it's served, which food comes first, uh, even why the, why the chef has organized the menu in its present order. But, and you can go to schools to learn you know, to how to explain menus and form menu clubs uh, so you can just sit around and hear new and inspiring explanations of the menu, you know. Um, Yet nobody grows uh, and becomes strong uh, from an explanation of the menu, right? I mean, uh, even a first-hand study of the menu isn't going to do it. You're going to have to order from the menu and eat from the, you know, not the menu, but eat the food that the menu talks about in order to grow strong. Don't mistake the menu for the meal, in other words. And... uh, uh, get you know, enjoy the menu, appreciate the menu, study the menu, but then eat from it. And so that's the in- integration of it into your life. And one kind of simple, very simple acrostic approach to this is it spells specs. We call it specs, like glasses. That's an old term for glasses. They used to call them spectacles or specs. And uh, specs, S-P-E-C-S. Uh, represents sins to forsake, promises to claim, examples to follow, commands to obey, and then I'm going to give you a choice of S's here. Uh, Where I originally found this, they would call it stumbling blocks to avoid. Frankly, I think it might be better to, uh, I'm going to use stuff to believe, because at, at one point, and part of the application is stuff that you want to believe about God and yourself, that's part of the application, because I, I need to apply God's Word in a faith fashion by knowing uh, where I stand with God. But let me, let me talk about each of those things very briefly. Uh, first of all, the, the, uh, the first S in specs would be sins. To forsake. Now, maybe the passage you're studying won't have all of these components in it. In, in fact, very few passages will, unless you're reading a whole chapter or a whole book of the Bible right now. But if you're just looking at a verse or a or a paragraph or a portion of Scripture, you're probably not going to find all of these. But um, if you do, look for 
sins to forsake. Look for things that God in his word is very clear about not being healthy for us. And so sins to forsake, things that you, you want to avoid and forsake. Look also for P, promises to claim promises to claim. Maybe God in in this passage is giving you a promise that you are supposed to embrace and say, I'm going to believe God for this pro- uh, regarding this promise. Maybe it's a promise of salvation or a provision uh, uh, or deliverance or help in one way or another. And they're just, the, the word of God is full of promises. That's one of the ways that you can integrate it into your life to apply it. Uh, and then the E would be examples to follow. Uh, maybe there's uh, some. Uh, maybe it's a piece of narrative in which Paul or one of the apostles or one of the prophets or one of the patriarchs is modeling some form, one aspect of the uh, of the Christian life, of the godly life, and uh, you want to follow that example. And so I encourage you to look for examples to follow in Scripture, and then. The C uh, would be commands to obey. There might be something in that passage, and of course the scripture is full of commands to obey. Not every portion has a command, but if you f- you might find one in the particular portion that you're reading on a, on a given day. And of course, those are the most in-your-face obvious, this is what God wants you to do. Uh, make disciples. Uh, don't commit adultery. I mean, the Ten Commandments, they're not Ten Suggestions. They're Ten Commandments. And uh, there are commands throughout Scripture, uh, healthy ways to live a healthy life. And then the last one, I'm going to skip the stumbling blocks to avoid, but go to stuff to believe. Theological truths, things about uh, God, that he's omnipresent and that he's in, uh, um, omnipotent, he's, he's immutable, he's all-powerful, he's, he's all-knowing, uh, omniscient, and uh, that he's all-loving and full of grace and truth, and various things about God and various things about you and the various things about the way that you relate to God, stuff to believe. Now, Keep in mind, you don't start with application or integration. You've got to start with investigation. You have to you have to investigate what the Bible says before you can interpret what it means. Before you can integrate it into your daily life. But once you've done the first two steps, do not stop before you've done the third. And that is, God, how are you wanting me to apply this to my daily life today, this very week? So, truly may God bless you in your study of his word and using these principles as, as a guideline, as kind of a scaffolding. Don't be intimidated by, you know, this, uh, oh man, I'm not even going to remember these words, I'm not going to remember these steps, and how am I going to remember to do all these things? As I've said several times uh, before, it's kind of like driving a car. You just learn how to do these things and it becomes second nature. You're not going to have to be thinking these steps. It's not that complex. You just begin to investigate, interpret, and integrate the Word of God into your life. And may uh, you become a more solid, more dynamic, more uh, uh, infectious Christian as a result of the way that you Uh, Live your life based in and rooted in God's holy word, the Bible.